Our special guest on the Seacoast Sports Forum podcast is Nick Panastas, who is the play-by-play voice of FNLNH Media. Now, they cover all the sports here in the Granite State. And uh, Nick, you've been a busy, busy individual for the past few months. Now the season quiets down for a few weeks, and I'm glad to get you on board here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sharm. I've been looking forward to this. Now tell our audience about FNLNH Media. Well, that's an acronym for Friday Night Lights, New Hampshire. We're on YouTube. You can type in Friday Night Lights, New Hampshire, or FNLNH Media, and the results will be the same. We've got our archive broadcasts up from the last several years, and we cover football, basketball, lacrosse, the baseball championship tournaments as well. So we're all over the place. A good nine, ten months of the calendar year for sure. This is the little down period of the summer, but it won't be long before football camps open back up in August yeah. and, and we're gearing back up again. It's rewarding work, though, Sherm, as you know. We're front and center for some of the biggest games in the state, you know, all year round. So it's a, it's a very fortunate position, I think, to be in. Now, you and Steve Beals, you you guys now, you, you started it with the idea of you want to cover as broad a base of, of sports, uh, high school sports coverage as you can, right? Uh, basically, um, you know, there's, there's a soft spot in my heart for football and basketball. There's a soft spot in Steve's heart for football and baseball. Uh, we've been both have been involved in either covering or coaching lacrosse as well in the spring. Um, and our partnership with the New Hampshire Tomahawks goes back nearly a decade. So we'd like to, you know, expand maybe a little bit more in the future, maybe do some soccer, maybe do a little bit you know, uh, of hockey or whatever it be. But um, for right now, our, our three main sports, let's say, are football in the fall, basketball in the winter, and lacrosse in the spring. Well, you are a five-tool play-by-play announcer, no doubt about it. Um, what, what's your favorite sport to, to call? I would say, uh, I mean, they all bring something different to the table, I think. I, I mean, my, per- my first love, let's say, was basketball, for sure. Uh, football being a close second, but but again, over over the years, I've you know developed a I don't know about passion, but let's say I've developed certainly a strong interest in lacrosse. Um, you know, I've seen my fair share of baseball and then some. I, I've called minor league games, I've called college games, called obviously high school. Um, but, but yeah, for me, I mean, you, you kind of dance with the girl you brought to the dance, right? I mean, that's the old saying. And, and with me, um, you know, basketball is, is always held a, uh, an original spot in my heart for sure. So I, if, if you're going to make me pick one, I suppose it would be basketball. Dovetails into my next question, which is, I get this from kids all the time, high school kids in particular, thinking about going to college and, and, and getting into the media business, broadcasting business. What's what's your best advice for for the the guy or gal that wants to get involved with play by play? Well, you, you've you've got to understand that it's it's a labor of love for sure. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hours tied up in it. You know, nobody's an overnight success. You've got to pay your dues and get your reps. And a good way to start is to just grab a camcorder and head down to the nearest game, whether that's little league, whether that's the local high school, whatever it is, find a shady spot in the stands and just go at it. 
you know, I, I got my start with public access TV back in the late nineties when I was still in, still in high school. Mm-hmm. So the opportunities are there again, whether it's public access, but now with the internet, now with technology, it's easier than ever mm-hmm. to go ahead and, and get your start. And you can slowly, you know, build a following if that's, you know, what you're looking to do, get your name out there. Um, but, but in terms of the craft itself, in terms of getting yourself to be a quote unquote play by play broadcaster, it's all about reps. And again, it doesn't matter the level of competition. And frankly, it doesn't matter how good you are right out of the box. It's about doing it, doing it, and then doing it again, right? Get, get the reps, get better, and then see where things take you. And you're going to make mistakes for sure. Absolutely. But the fewer mistakes are made if you're prepared. That's my key. I tell these guys and gals, be prepared. Uh, you know, you don't have to be an expert in a sport, but know the, at least the fine points of it. And also the teams that you're dealing with and some of the, some of the you know people, the personalities that you're going to be talking about. Absolutely. It, it, it's more like storytelling than, than people realize. Right. You know, you, you have to understand that each game is its own unique story. And what are the elements that, that make up storytelling, right? Person, place, things, rising action, climax, et cetera, knowing the characters. In this case, it's the players, it's the coaches. What are the storylines? Well, you know, what, what, what are some of the stories within the story? Right. So all of that comes with homework. All of that comes via preparation. But if you can, again, tell me what's on the line, why should I be watching this game? Why should I be listening to this broadcast? What's at stake? You know, a team has come in looking to seal, you know, a, a, a top seed in the upcoming tournament. They're one win away. Or this kid is, is you know, about to score his thousandth point, right? Little stories within. And then it's almost, you want to, you can break it down even further and go possession by possession. What's right. at stake this trip down the field? What's at stake, the, you know, on, on third and six here? So you can find ways to build drama, build excitement. And, of course, it obviously culminates at the end of the game in crunch time, the end of the fourth quarter and overtime, whenever the result is eventually levied. That's your climax. So your job over the preceding 90 minutes, two hours, two and a half hours, whatever it is, is to build the drama to that point the same way a storyteller would deliver a story. There's the flip side to that, too, where a game – it becomes blowout, a, right. a blowout. Yeah. And, and in that case, now you really have to work hard because <laughs> you have to keep those people interested in that game. You want to keep them focused and, and enjoying the game, right? Exactly. Now in, in a case where the result is all but final, you know, a blowout or whatever, a team's down 30 at the start of the fourth quarter, whatever it is, then you can dig a little deeper into your material, so to speak. Right. How much information can you get on on these kids at the high school level is a lot different than what you're going to get at the pros. Right. Right. Where where you're handed a bio, you know, thicker than a than a novel that you can pour through and pull out stories from the players past or the team's past or whatever. But you can't really do that in high school. But what you can do is, again, know what's going to happen as a result Right. Right. This team is now okay within a game of the playoffs or whatever. You know, who do they got coming up next? 
is everybody healthy? Are they playing well? You know, are they ride momentum or are they going to be in now a do or die situation the next time out? Cause they did get blown out. Right. So, so you start to look a little bit further down the road to maybe preview the next game in that kind of a scenario where currently the game is over. Basically your team's down 30 time to look ahead. And, and it's also important. Uh, and, and you're, you're very fortunate and, and a good, solid analyst by your side helps to, to bring something extra to the game. Absolutely. Yeah. And you work with some of the best, uh, depending upon the sport. It's Steve Beals with you on the football uh, gridiron. Very, very fortunate. Very fortunate. Steve is an ex-coach. He's an ex-league administrator at the youth level. Uh, he knows his stuff inside and out. He's got a passion for the game, which is important. Um, and he and I are friends off the field. We're partners off the field. We've known each other intimately now for a decade. So the chemistry is there, uh, in the springtime, Roger Howe has been on board for the last three years. Same thing. Ex coach, ex player knows the game is passionate, is involved, knows the players behind the scenes and is very easygoing and comes across as friendly because he is on the air. Right. Um, and, and then this year we've added Justin Gorham in the winter, who, again, is not only an ex-player and coach, but he's an ex-referee. So he's got the game locked down from all the angles. Um, so, yeah, we're we're pretty deep and it makes my job easier to your point. I mean, you can just toss these guys red meat, basically, and let <laughs> them go for a little bit. Well, yeah. you catch your breath and, you know, kind of play traffic cop for a minute. Yeah. And, and, and what I've noticed, whether it's on high school level or college level or the pros the 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 play-by-play and analyst combination if it's clicking it's gold it's magic especially radio right i'm particular on i'm talking about radio now uh tv is a little different you've got the pictures it goes back to the vin scully school of sports broadcasting let the pictures you know if they got if you got the video let the picture tell the story you just highlight the the fine points whereas um radio you're it. You have to make the picture. You're the artist. And you you have to make sure that the people have have some sort of a, a feeling that they're there. It's it's their their field. They're their game. Exactly right. And and there is a major difference between play by play on the radio and play by play on television, as you just highlighted. And to just expound on that, it goes back to the storyteller analogy, mm-hmm. where when you're reading a book. You know, there's no pictures. There's no video to go along with it. The author has to take you inside that world, so to speak. The -hmm. radio play-by-play announcer has to bring you inside the arena or to the field in the crowd. So you need to be much more descriptive on everything, on everything, including, you know, time and score. um, Where are they? Near side, far side, wing, baseline, et cetera. Whereas compared to TV, it's a little bit more laid back. It's a little more conversational because, again, the visual is taken care of by the camera. Right. So there, there is a major difference. Um, and, and I come from the radio world originally. So, you know, these last few years, I'm kind of making an adjustment as well. I've done TV before here and there, but not as consistently as I have been since we launched Friday Night Lights New Hampshire. So it's, in my opinion, a little more 
I shouldn't say easier because it's not, you know, none of this is easy. Right. But it, it is a little more laid back in terms of the load that I need to carry from a description perspective. Right. Because in radio, it's the theater of the mind. You're using, they're using the listener, their imagination of what's happening at whatever the field and whatever the game. Exactly. And again, paint the pictures outside the boundary lines as well. What's right. going on on the sideline? What's the coach doing? Is he waving his arms? Is he screaming? Um, you know, what does the crowd look like? Are, is there a section that's all, you know, a student section that's standing? Point them out. You know, what are they wearing? They're wearing the school colors. Are they in a blackout? Are they in a whiteout? We've seen those trends. Um, you know, <laughs> there's so much that you could do with it on the radio side that you can, you're free to really take it anywhere because you're never out of material to describe. Exactly. And then, oh, by the way, every 90 seconds, you're supposed to give the time and score because mm -hmm. that's, again, another thing the listener is relying on. Yeah, how many awesome. times How many times you tune into a game, the first thing that pops in your mind is what's the score, right? right. How much time's left? What's the score? Who's playing even, mm -hmm. right? So you got you to gotta constantly refresh the audience because there's new people jumping in and out all the time. Exactly. So the, rule, so the rule of thumb there is 90 seconds. So it, it, it really is. It's the same craft at the end of the day, but with a different set of responsibilities when you compare radio to TV. Who was, who was an influence to you when you were a youngster thinking about getting into broadcasting? Anyone Marv Albert. No question. Um, Let's see. I, I really started probably becoming a sports fan at probably eight or nine, I would say. I mean, I played sports as young as five or six, but but I really started following the big leagues, so to speak, probably about eight or nine. And that was in Marv Albert's heyday. He called six straight finals on, on NBC um, in the 90s. And that was a part of the attraction for me as anything. Really? I mean, yeah, Jordan was in his heyday. You know, Barkley was my guy. But, you know, um, you knew it was a big game when Marv was there. Yeah. And 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 frankly, uh, I think he's the best ever. I mean, I know we can go – he's on at least the short list. But as far as basketball, there's no comparison. But he's one of the best ever, period. Um. And he's a, you know, he's a five tool guy as well. He could call anything. He did Ranger games the, the, you know, people don't, people forget that he did Ranger games. He did Monday night football on yep. the radio. You know, he, he was everywhere. Uh, but his style, I think, again, just the way he would deliver things would, would be dramatic yeah. where he'd take those mid sentence pauses and, you know, maybe finish the sentence with one word about three, four seconds later, you know, he knew how to keep people hanging. He had the voice. He had the, you know, he, he was it. Right. And, and uh, to me as an impressionable kid, you know, at first everybody thinks they're going to the NBA, right? Every third grader in the country thinks they're <laughs> going to end up in the NBA. <laughs> so once I got to, let's say junior high, I started, you know, figuring out that that probably wasn't going to happen. So the next best thing was, okay, either you're going to be a coach or you're going to be an announcer. So, you know, <laughs> It's a lot easier to be an announcer than a coach, I think. Oh, yeah. So uh, that, that was the road for me from junior high on. And, you know, here we are 25, 30 years later, whatever it is, you know, living the dream, so to speak. You And you did the time. You put the effort into it. You went to school. 
and then started in high school doing some. Yeah, I, I did three years of football in high school. Mm-hmm. I call my I call my first game the day after my 16th birthday at wow. BCTV. Wow. Yep. Oh yeah. Bill Jennings, who's the station manager now, was around back then. Uh, he's been absolutely a mentor to me in a lot of ways over the years, and uh, he's still doing a bang up job over there. But yeah, I, I got my start in high school. I played varsity basketball, so I, I couldn't do it in the winter. But I would do all those football games, and this was back before it was digital. So then I'd go back and cut it. I'd cut it with the dual VCRs in you know in the station, yeah. put the graphics up, et cetera, and then it would run the day after that. Um, I had a crew with me. My friend did color, a uh, couple of color guys, depending on the year. Uh, we had two cameramen. You know, these are all 16, 17-year-old kids that, that are putting in the time to drive for road games, to go back and cut it up, you know. Um, and then, yeah, I went to Hofstra University with my eye on their radio station, which is FM down in New York City. Um, you know, we produced some heavyweights over there. I, I got to say hello to my man, Jared Greenberg, who's on NBA TV. Uh, he's a classmate of mine down there. And we took it to the next level. We, we had Ed Ingalls, who was our resident uh, in the station. He was the sports department manager at WCBS in New York City for 35 years. Mm-hmm. Then he went to Hofstra. So, you know, we got him critiquing our stuff. Um, you know, we, we got to travel the country. I went to Miami. I went to Montana uh, with Hofstra, you know, covering those three sports in particular, football, basketball, lacrosse. Um, I was riding the bus with, with coach Donowski, who's the head coach at Duke lacrosse, you know, who's, who's, who brought them to the top. So I've been very fortunate in a lot of ways after that, uh, you know, I, I did some college ball up here for a minute with, uh, both football and basketball at Bentley. Then I went down to D one Maryland, Eastern shore. I lived down there for three years after that, went to the Dayton dragons, which is, uh, an affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds, single A, but they're run like a triple A organization. That was eye-opening. They had the longest sellout streak in sports history. Beat the Trailblazers, which had the record, I think it was 18 straight years. And then they beat them when I was there in 2010. And, uh, you know, again, that was an eye-opening scenario. It was, you know, 12, 13, 14-hour days, seven, eight, nine, 10 days in a row. Then maybe you get a day off and then you do it again. You know, I, I was in the front office. I was writing press releases. I was getting the lineup cards. I got to chill by the batting cage with Ken Griffey Sr., who was the hitting coach. I'm just, I'm just listening to conversations there without saying anything, but, you know, gaining knowledge by the day. So it's back to your original question. It's a grind. You know, it's 15, 16, 20 years later. It's a grind. It's paying your dues. <laughs> but it's you're right. That's exactly what it is. It's paying our dues. And, and now I'm, I'm in a pretty good spot where I get some pretty good level of competition right here in my backyard. The high schoolers themselves are passionate. The crowds are back after the COVID-19 situation, which elevates everything. So everybody's having fun. Everybody over here, Friday Night Lights, New Hampshire, shares the same passion. You mentioned Steve earlier. His two sons have been instrumental as well. Ben Beals is our director and, and one of the co-owners. Uh, he doesn't miss a broadcast. You know, he's, he's really good with the replay, but he does so much more work than that. And then, uh, and Matt Beals is, you know, he's down in D.C. getting a law degree. 
taking trains up on the weekend to film the games for us over the week you know, to, to jump in as the second cameraman for a couple of games, then to go back down and do it again the next week. So it's, it's, you gotta be passionate. There's no one foot in the pool type of approach here. It's, it's, you're jumping head first into the deep end and then you're swimming until further notice. Exactly. Just having a, a knowledge of a sport or sports in general and a good voice isn't going to get you there. You got to put the time in, you got to study, you got to, exactly. and, and you were, uh, you hit it on the head. You, you find somebody in the business that you can consider a mentor, somebody that, Hey, they could be critical of you, but it's it's positive criticism, even though it may look like it's negative, because you you realize you have to learn. There's things you're doing that you just don't realize you're doing that may irritate the general public. And somebody like that will say, uh, you know, you're doing this, this and this. Try this. And and hey, you know what? It usually works. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, I mentioned Ed Ingalls earlier. I, I need to mention John Chelesnick as well. Um, he runs staa.com, the sports uh, sportscasters talent agency of America. And uh, what he does is basically he he finds young broadcasters jobs uh, for a fee, of course, but it's it's a reasonable monthly you know subscription type of thing. But every basically every radio and TV job in America is posted immediately, and your stuff is you know could potentially be put right in front of them. So he's done a great job over the last 15, 16, 20 years, whatever it's done, of kind of organizing our our profession, organizing it and allowing young professionals just entering to, to not only get jobs, but to get better. Right. And I got I was fortunate again, roll of the dice, to get in with him on day one. So I was one of his first clients. And we had spent hours over the phone listening to my stuff hours he would critique it down to the bone uh he'd give me praise too here and there but but for, for the most part he's pointing out you know ways i can improve constructive criticism exactly and now i'm to a point where i can kind of critique my own stuff mm -hmm. you know what i mean L listen back you know the rules you know where you're slipping up now at this point and it's important to do that. So there's always something to be worked on. There's always something that can get better. And the advice is, again, if you can find somebody that can critique your stuff early, even if it's, you know, a friend or, you know, not necessarily somebody who's a quote unquote expert, just, just your average listener. Start with your mother. My right. mother critiques my stuff still, listens to every broadcast and, uh, you know, on, on occasion she'll she'll point something out. So have somebody in your corner, whether they're a trained ear or not, and then listen for your own stuff eventually and you'll get better. And again, if, if, if you're looking for tips, you can, there's ways to, to get better just doing your everyday routine, like driving. Mm -hmm. Okay. Announce traffic out loud. Sure. Right. There's, there's nobody in the car with you. Roll up the windows and go ahead and announce traffic. This is no joke. Now, years ago, about five years ago, before podcasting really took off, I was thinking about doing a podcast even back then. And uh, I worked for the post office, so I had a full-time job. And I really didn't have the time to do it. So this one customer came in. And she said, have you ever listened to this podcast? She named it off. And I said, no. But she said, try it. Listen to it. The guy was actually doing this podcast, driving to work 
in somewhere down in Texas. I think it was Dallas or Houston, one of the big cities in Texas. Wow. And he had it set up. So he was talking basically to himself while he's driving. And, and once in a while, somebody would cut him off in traffic and he'd respond or react. But what I thought was great, he was doing live ads for his, his business, you know, the businesses that were supporting him, his podcast. And he didn't miss a beat on those. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, and then finally, the thing became so successful, he gave up that driving to work. I think he was a computer guy, uh, you know, in the IT or something. And he gave that up and just went and did the podcast full time. And, and he's thousands of episodes later, he's a, a big success in it. So it can happen. But, it, you know, there again, he put the effort into it. He found a niche and bang, the rest is history. <laughs> exactly. And again, we're in an age now where we have more options than than ever. Right. It's it's very easy to set up a studio now, right? Right in, in your house. It's very easy to record video. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe not you know go full stream you know four four cameras live from the middle of the woods type of thing, but you can at least get something on on these phones. Exactly. Everybody's got uh, a phone. Right? right. Everybody can start a website. Every everybody's got their own brand, right? Yep. That can be built upon in the social media world. And and that's that's that in itself is an opportunity for broadcasters. You you have to find something that's going to attract a part of an audience, if not a big audience, and and uh, eventually it grows. That's the, that's what you hope for. So right, no, I, I I agree. I think you need to identify a demographic that you want to pursue, right. target. Right, you have you have to know a target audience. Exactly. I think, and you're right. If if you go with the okay, let's just talk about what everyone else is talking about. Well, then you get lost in the shuffle with everyone else. Right. Whereas right. again, if if like you're saying, have a plan, know your audience, know your demographic, know who the target is, so to speak. Right. Then the, then one. then you'll have a much much better chance of of getting that thing off the ground. It's important in in the in the profession and in life in general to. Be with yourself, be comfortable right. in your own skin, believe in yourself, be confident, don't compromise, and be yourself, be original. Right, you know, exactly. that that that's when people are attracted to, to you, you know, if, if that's what you're worried about. Right. You know, you you learn that in junior high, you learn that in high school, hopefully. So that by the time you are an adult, you are comfortable with yourself and don't follow the trends because trends are just that. They're trends. They change up. Exactly. So be yourself, be true to yourself, and you'll go a lot further. The way to look at it is if, in your case, in, in the play-by-play -play booth or, or in the radio booth with uh, yours truly, if you were stuck by yourself, can you do it by yourself? And the answer is, if you're a pro, yes, you can. You know, and that's that's the big thing. Being prepared, going back to what we were saying way back in the conversation, just you know, be prepared because things happen and that those are the guys that succeed in the business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, just if you can understand the structure, right. Back to storytelling again, the storytelling structure, if, if you can, if you can figure that out and combine it with all the other things we said about description, about time and score, the immediate action that needs to be addressed, then you're going to be just fine. You're not going to run out of things to talk about. Right. Because there's always something up next on the checklist. Right. And again, that includes, by the way, reinforcing 
the storylines. Have two or three stories within the game that you revisit throughout the broadcast. Recap as well. Again, people are just tuning in. They want to know, all right, if it's 55-50, what's happened to this point? Right. Right? Who are the players that are playing well? How are the stars doing? What's the bench doing? There's always things to touch on and always things to talk about if you know the structure. Right. And quality over quantity. That's the other thing. <laughs> that's the way I look at it. I want to, I want somebody that's giving me good stuff, not just blathering on, you know? Right. Right. That, that, that is true as well. I think again, that that's more of a concern I would say for the color guy, because right. that's, that's the other half of this, this coin that we haven't delved into is, is, is the color guy's role is to, like you said earlier, it's usually an ex coach or an ex player, somebody who knows the game. Somebody who can break down the game. Somebody who can fill in exactly that color between the lines. The play-by-play guy is more, okay, we're going left, then we're going right. Then we're going to go up, then we're going to go back left, and then we're going to take a right. Whereas, you know, okay, well, why are we doing that? You know, what happened for us to take the left? You know, oh, well, you know, I, I had to take a left because I got cut off by the car in front of me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, the guy threw a key block that, you know, the left guard just cleared the whole hole out, blew the hole open, you know. So there's, there's, there is a, a different set of requirements for the two positions. They are different, but when they, like you said, are clicking and there's chemistry, there's nothing like it. Golden. Golden. Before I let you go, I want to just take a quick run down the pro sports with you. And just get your take on, uh, we just concluded the NBA season, uh, Denver winning their first title. The Nuggets, uh, I don't think they surprised anybody because they were a, a dominant team all season. The first story is the Joker. The, the Joker has now solidified his place. Right. Uh, I mean, he was a Hall of Famer first because of the two MVPs, the two regular season MVPs. But what was missing, obviously, was the ring. And he dominated. He dominated. So that that is number one. The number one takeaway is the Joker has now solidified his place. Number two, I would say you got to take a look at what the Miami, what what what's going on with Miami, and what and how they've been quietly taking care of business in the postseason, not just this year, but really what three of the last four years they're in the East Finals, right? Quietly, Spolster's got them competing. They're they're not that good of a team on paper. Right. Right. Yeah. You got you got a star there in Butler. You got a defensive uh, hustler in the middle, an undersized center that helps you out. And you got shooters. And somehow they knock out Miami. uh, Excuse me. They knock out Milwaukee. They take care of a good Knicks, an athletic Knicks team. And then they outlast, you know, they they outlast the Celtics. That's pretty good sustained success. And the fact that, again, Spolster's been doing it now. He's been to six finals. I don't know how many East finals. They don't get enough attention and enough love, frankly. And, and yes, they'll, they'll get some respect following this, making there as, as an eight seed, just the second team to do so. But, uh, but, but I hope people pay more attention to them moving forward because they are run very well from Pat Riley all the way down. Uh, and, then, and then we'll see about the Celtics locally. I, I mean, I know a lot of people were uh, saying blow it up and, you know, the Brown contract situation is going to be something to deal with. But let's not hit the panic button either. 
Right. You know, let, let's not hit the panic button. It takes a long time to build up a core that good. You don't just blow it up out of frustration. So I, I think Celtics fans in general should just take a breath, right? Realize that, hey, you got a pretty good run again out of these guys. Enjoy it. And and there's no reason to think it can't happen again next year. Well, talk about upsets. Uh, the Bruins having a record season for wins and goals, and then to kind of lay an egg in the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, Butch Cassidy gets let go right. as the, as the uh, coach of the team last year. He takes over the Las Vegas Golden Knights, and he takes them to the Stanley Cup. I think he deserved a little better um, when he was here. I don't think he was appreciated, and I think he showed his value. Uh, he obviously showed his value with uh, with what happened. But you got to understand the nature of hockey, and that's that it can go either way no matter what the regular season records are. The, the eighth seed in hockey wins far more often than in basketball, far more often. Mm -hmm. Why? Because of the nature of the sport. you got a goaltender standing on his head that can stop 45 shots. You know, you can get out shot two to one and still win. Um, you know, so, and, and by the way, the, the one seed has plagued the Bruins before. Right. Plenty of times. 93, they were the one seed in the East, got swept by the Sagers. 02, they were the one seed in the East, got beat by the uh, by Washington. So they, they've squandered the one seed before. It was It was especially disappointing, obviously, this time because of the regular season success. NFL, what are you looking for, Mac Jones, now that he's got Bill O'Brien, one of his uh, former coaches from Alabama, in his corner? Well, this is it's make or break now. It's, it's make or break. He's out of excuses now. Right. Um, you know, I, I was one of his defenders last year. I felt like they rushed him back from the injury. The whole nature of him coming kind of in and out in that first game, getting swapped in and out with the backup. Didn't bear well for either one of them. Uh, obviously, the popular thing to do is to blame Patricia, sure. But let's not forget, they were a freak play away at the end of that Raiders game from making the playoffs again. Right. Right? Right. I mean, they go on overtime, let's say they win that Raider game. Then they're in the playoffs. They don't have to worry about week uh, week 18, do or die, whatever. So they're they're close, is my point. And they've been close now in the three years post-Brady. They've been close. Uh, we'll see. Uh, again, it's one of those typical Patriot drafts, it seems like, where he trades back, he gets extra picks, he brings in bodies from, you know, just a depth perspective everywhere. Uh, we'll see. But in terms of Mac Jones, he had a very good rookie year, right, where he was flirting with 80% completion most of the year. And that's all you need from him if you can get the ground and pound going. He's third and five third and six, third and four. Can he throw a slant? Can he throw a small, uh, you know, a quick out? Can he move the chains? Keep the throws to a minimum, right? 20 to 25 total per game. You look at the box scores of the games they won. He's over there at 21 for 25, right? Maybe 218 yards or something like that. A couple of touchdowns, maybe or maybe not one pick. That's the stat line where, again, if, if he can get in into rhythm, do the things that that he's asked to do. They protect him. They run the football. They help him out. Then I think they're all right. And let's wrap up. We'll, we'll have to bring him up. Uh, the Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I'll put it this way, Sherm. They've they've been better than I thought. Okay, I, I didn't expect much. I kept the expectations really low, like everybody else. So the fact that it's been up and down, I think, is better than just all down. Right? Would you agree? I mean, I mean, they've shown flashes. I think it's probably starting to catch up with them now. But um, you know, they're they're still beating teams, and they're hanging in there. And you want to talk about deep divisions? The the AL East, wow! Yeah. Again, I mean, the Orioles are for real. The Jays are again better, but you know who knows how long they last. But, Tampa but Bay. you know, right? Tampa, right. Bay is, real. Tampa is absolutely for real, and, and you know, meanwhile, the Yankees are trying to tread water as well. So they're they're trying to hang in there. And the other, we'll wrap up with the, the thoughts on all the changes that Major League Baseball made, pitch clock, and all the bases extended, and all that jazz. Anything that uh, seeing as a positive or a negative. I was in favor of anything to speed up the time of the game. So I, I think I think the jury is still out with that. I, I, I don't know exactly what the numbers are. I heard early that it was helping a little bit, shaving, you know, 15, 20 minutes or whatever it is. Um, so any, anything to speed it up, I'm for. We'll, we'll just put it that way. I'm glad we had the time finally to get together and do this because, uh, you know, I know you're busy. You've always got something going on uh, during the regular season. So, uh, uh, and you know, I'd like to have you, have you back at some point and just absolutely talk, maybe talk about the upcoming season. So when you and, and Steve and, and the, the gang at uh, FNL NH get together, how do you, how do you figure what matchup you're going to cover? Oh, that's that's a whole different that's a whole different conversation. That's that's a behind the the closed doors conversation for sure. Usually, it breaks down. Uh, well, I would say this. Usually, it's obvious. Actually, usually it's obvious. Usually, the big game is obvious. Mm-hmm. Usually, maybe not earlier in the season, um, but but later in the season, you know, the records drive it. You know, for the most part. Right. Um, if it if there's two juicy ones at the same time, then that's when we shut the door and we uh, make <laughs> make our cases right. <laughs> well, you know what? We'll we'll have Steve come on with you maybe as we get closer to the season, so we can uh, talk uh, nuts and bolts of how you guys do the programming. And uh, yeah, I, I would say that really from the, the the big picture is though we want to we want to get into Southern New Hampshire and on the seacoast. Right. That's that's our. That's our backyard is kind of the route 93 route three corridor mm-hmm. where most of the division one and division two schools are located. Um, and the athletic directors have been more than friendly with us. We, we appreciate all the work they do for us. They seem to appreciate what we do. So it's been a good working relationship with, you know, the 20, 25, 30 ADs or whatever it is um, where we've been able to go. We, we would like we'd like to touch on as many of those markets, so to speak, as we can. But at the same time, we are we do have one eye towards, you know, what's what's the biggest game of the week? What's the true game right. of the week? Right. Exactly. I, I definitely wanted to have you come on. And, and any youngster out there who's thinking about doing play by play, you heard it from a pro today how to do it. And for the two-minute drill, I just want to congratulate again all the student-athletes who put all their efforts out on the field, the court, the rink, or the track for a great 2023 sports season. And to the graduating seniors, good luck in your college sports careers. Now, don't forget, 
if you're enjoying the Seacoast Sports Forum podcast, pass the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms. And if you'd like to send us a, an email or an idea for a future show, Forum at yahoo.com. So on behalf of our special guest, Nick Anastas from FNLNH Media, I am Sherm Chester, inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seaco Sports Forum podcast.